today, I want to share with you about the power of anointing. Anointing. What is anointing? There's something different. This is, these testimonies is not something you see every day, right? It's what you see in the Acts Church, but you don't see that every day, right? Like, as a Christian in the body of Christ in large, you don't see it. It's very rare. But God wants to move in this way the same he did in the book of Acts. Amen? So what is the difference? The difference is anointing. Anointing. What is anointing? Well, we read in the Bible, Isaiah 10, 27. His burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. This is here in the Bible where it speaks of anointing. So here it's saying his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder. It's talking about like cattle. They have a yoke on them, pulling, pulling something, pulling uh, people or goods behind them, you know? Can you picture that? So it's like a heavy, maybe wooden brace yoke on their neck. And it's really heavy. They're trapped. Their necks are trapped. They are burdened by this yoke. So this is what it's speaking about here when it's saying, his burden shall be lifted away from off thy shoulder, his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. So if you put yourself in the shoes of the cattle, I mean, they're really trapped. I mean, their only mercy is for the humans to take it off of them, right? They can't, they're trapped. And it's so heavy, it's such a burden. So there are yokes in one's life. The yokes come from the devil. The devil is real and he has power. Not as powerful as God. God's anointing is more powerful. So it's only the anointing that can break the yoke off of one's shoulder. There are many different yokes in your life. A yoke is the oppression of the enemy in some way. Oppression of the enemy in some way that cannot be removed by natural means. You can take all the medicine in the world, but the disease is still there. You can go to all the counseling you want, but the depression is still there. The bad dreams keep coming no matter how hard no matter how hard you pray them away, they're still there. The poverty in one's family line just remains. It's like you cannot get ahead. These are yokes. Addictions. You try so many times. You go to AA meetings, but you still cannot stop the craving No matter how hard you try, no matter how much help you get, the yoke is still there. The devil is powerful, but he's not as powerful as God. 
as God's anointing. But the thing is, is that we have to do things God's way in God's order in order to access that anointing. That's the thing. And this today is going to answer many questions you've had. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do people die young? Why do why does cancer exist? Why? I mean, there is such mystery. There is such mystery. We don't know everything about God's plans. We know he works out everything for good. But understanding, anointing, understanding that the devil's real, understanding that there's a way to access the anointing will really free you in your mind of so many questions and will give you hope for so many areas in your life where you thought this is just going to remain because I've never seen anything else. Amen? There, there are principles and order in the spiritual realm. Like, the devil knows he has strategy. He will try to fill you with, with doubt about yourself, doubt about your future, doubt about God by putting lies in your thoughts trying to trick you. That's an example of the devil having strategy. There's certain principles in the Bible of what you sow, you will reap. So if you sow bad things, you will reap bad things, even if you love God. That's a principle. Amen? You can't do whatever you want and not reap anything bad. That's a principle. So there's things like principles in the spiritual realm. And God cannot go against himself. He's a God of order. So the thing is, I was speaking of the devil coming in your thoughts because I was, I want you to understand the devil has been around for a while and he understands God's order and principles very well. So, it's so important for us to know the meteor, deeper things of the Spirit. To not receive just milk. The Bible talks about you should be receiving meat at this time, but you, are, you, you keep needing milk. We need meat. We need revelation. We need teaching from true anointed ministers so we can understand how things work in the spiritual realm, the laws, the principles. So we're only sowing good things. So we're not sowing bad things unknowingly. Like the, the, the Bible says, the power of life and death is in your tongue. If you speak bad things over your life, you will reap that. That is another example of a spiritual principle. If you keep speaking bad things, God can't help you. God gives us the word. He gives us the fivefold ministers, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip us, to help us so that we know what to do in the spiritual realm. So we're not going the wrong way, doing the wrong things unknowingly. God has set everything into place perfectly. He knows what he's doing to protect us. But the thing is, is we have to wake up, read our Bibles, take the Bible seriously. 
and do what God says and receive the equipping, the teaching, coming here and receiving this revelation. Amen? Hallelujah. So, once you have revelation, this revelation of how things work in the spiritual realm, you are, pro, you are protected. You are able to, with God's strength and help, you are sowing just good things. But before we get to this point, maybe there were doors open in your life. Maybe you were doing things wrong in the spiritual realm, like speaking death over yourself or not resisting the lies of the devil. When you do that, you're opening a door of the devil. Don't feel bad because... We just didn't get this revelation yet, okay? But you open the door of the devil. The devil can come in and have a stronghold in your life, right? So, for example, if you keep believing certain lies about yourself, about life, you may develop depression where it's just not going away. This has become this stronghold in your mind now where you can't shake and medicine can't even take it away. This is a stronghold that needs to be broken. Or also, as I shared before, the devil has strategy. He knows how things work in the spiritual realm. He uses people. He has his own kingdom. And he uses people as vessels. The devil does. So the devil will use people to put curses on people to do dark magic. We see an example of this in Acts 8, 9. It says there was a man who lived there who was steeped in sorcery. For some time he had astounded the people of Samaria with his magic, boasting to be someone great. People, everyone was dazzled by his sorcery, saying this, is, this man is the greatest wizard of all. For many years everyone was in awe of him because of the astonishing displays of the magic arts. So here we have an example in our Bibles of someone using dark power, demonic powers. And it's even being disguised as not evil because it was magic. It looked like a fun show, but it was dark power that was disguised. So this is how the devil works. He will use people. People can put curses upon, upon people sometimes. This is where you will find generational curses where there's a cancer that keeps coming every single uh, generation or poverty just keeps being there. You can't shake it. So this becomes a yoke, a yoke that, that can only be broken by the anointing. So here I've just given you some examples of yokes, how they happen, the enemy and what they are. Doors being opened, the enemy coming and making a stronghold that can only be broken by anointing. Certain strongholds cannot be broken just by being a good Christian, like reading your Bible, worshiping only. Certain strongholds need anointing. Hallelujah. So, this is why we need anointing, why it's so important 
because God wants to break every yoke upon your life. He does not want there to be a single yoke in your life. He came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. That's in every area. Hallelujah. So as we read on with this story about the the magician using demonic powers, what happens is Philip, who was an anointed minister, it says he preached the wonderful news of God's kingdom realm. Many believed his message and were baptized. Even Simon the sorcerer believed in Jesus and was baptized. Wherever Philip went, Simon was right by his side, astounding, astounded by all the miracles, signs, and enormous displays of power that he witnessed. So here's an example of demonic power. How that's how the demonic power in Simon was more powerful than the average Joe had. And I share that to say that the devil's power is real. We shouldn't, we shouldn't walk around thinking we can do whatever we want. The devil's power is real. That's why yokes happen. That's why we need the anointing of God. Because the devil's power is real. The curses and strongholds are real. But here we see the anointing of God upon Philip was much more powerful than Simon, who for years people were amazed of his power. Now Simon is so in awe of the mighty miracles that Philip was doing. Hallelujah. This anointing can break any yoke. This anointing can heal any kind of sickness, even if there's never been a recorded cure or miraculous healing of before, ever before. This anointing can heal anything. Autism can be healed. Alzheimer's can be healed. Diabetes can be healed. Dead people can be raised. We see Peter, who was anointed, raise a girl from the dead. If someone can be raised from the dead, what what cannot God do through his anointing? Creative miracles. Jesus, he says, you will do the things I did and even greater things. Jesus showed us all sorts of miracles. He did a creative miracle, meaning making something out of nothing, something just appearing by the loaves and the fishes. Just a couple, just a couple loaves and a few fish. And he literally made thousands of breads and fishes to just appear out of thin air. That's a creative miracle. So, if you were born without an organ, God can give you that and wants to give you that. If you were born with a mental disorder, as doctors call it, 
God can rewire your brain. God wants you to have abundant life in every way. He means it. We just have to believe. Jesus, it says in the Bible that he would perform miracles and he would heal every sickness. The Bible specifically says, and everyone was healed. The only time it speaks of him unable to heal people is when the people lacked faith, when they didn't believe. And maybe there's exceptions in life where there's a God, God, for his perfect purposes, wants you to have a thorn in your side. Or, or like Job, he wants to allow you to be sick for a certain amount of time and then remove that for his perfect purposes to grow your faith. But God doesn't want us to be focused on those things. God does not want our mind to go there. When Jesus walked on this earth, we, hear of, we don't hear of those exceptions. It just says simply, he healed every sickness. Everyone who came to him, he healed It simply says this. It never says he healed those who God willed to be healed. It does not say that in the Bible. Our job is to be like the woman with the issue of blood. Her mind, her heart. If I just touch the anointed one, I will be healed. He is anointed. And and I've heard that so many people were being healed by his power. So I know, I know he wants me to be healed. Because of what I've heard, what I believe about him. And I know that if I touch him, that anointing will come to me and take the sickness away. That's who Jesus is. That was her mindset. That was her heart. That was her faith. That's the kind of faith that God wants you to have. That's where he wants you to be thinking always. Not, well, maybe it's not God's will for me to be sick. Maybe it's not God's will for me to be healed. Maybe No, he just wants your mind to be simply. I know God will heal me, and I know he wants to. I know he can do it. Because that is what releases the anointing out of Jesus to free the woman who had a hemorrhage for many years. That was the key. I was speaking of spiritual principles. That was the, that's a principle in the spiritual realm. That's the key to unlocking the anointing. So when we're thinking, oh, well, I don't know. Um, I've heard there's a lot of miracles happening here and all sorts of people are being healed, but I'm not going to go with expectation because I don't want to be disappointed. And I, I don't. If we go in that way, we're not, we're not able to access the anointing. We're not using that key, the key meaning the faith, to unlock that anointing. We could, but we're choosing to not. So God instructs us, commands us to to just believe, to just believe he wants healing for you. The Bible says, by his stripes, you are healed. So healing is your inheritance. It's your right. Like Jesus paid the price for you to be healed. So you need to think that way. If you have a sickness, you need to think that way. By his stripes I am healed. This is my inheritance. So I know that anointing, when I get in contact with anointing, I will receive this miracle. I will receive my healing. That's how God wants you to be. Just simply there and let him do the rest. Amen? It's time we believe in miracles again. Oh, 
it's time because this is false doctrine. You know, I will see so many people uh, commenting of miracles that have happened on this video, TikTok video. I'll see so many testifying, so many miracles happening. And occasionally I will see someone speak the wrong doctrine of they'll, they'll, they'll write something saying it's not God's will for, for everyone to be healed, you know, and that is a wrong doctrine that people have adopted trying to justify why we don't see miracles by and large today like we did in the Acts church. It's true. This is rare. What God is asking you to believe in, you will be a minority by and large in the body of Christ at first. But he's calling you to do this. It's time for us to believe in any kind of miracle to happen. You hear someone say some kind of sickness they have or some, some problem in their life, and you need to tell them God can heal it. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what the doctor said. It doesn't matter if nobody's heard of a cure of it before, of someone being healed. You tell them, I, the God that I know, the anointing that I've encountered will heal you. Absolutely will heal you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This is the scripture, Acts 5.16. Great numbers of people swarmed into Jerusalem from the nearby villages. They brought with them the sick. Are you going to bring with you the sick? Are you going bring, bring to bring them to the anointing? Hallelujah. This is what God wants you to do. This is what they did in the Acts church. They brought with them the sick and those troubled by demons, and everyone was healed. This is the Bible. Everyone Hallelujah. People have, put, people have put their trust in medicine more than they have in God. There's, an, there's, there's many examples of people walking in anointing in the Bible. One of them is David. The Bible says that Saul, he had an evil spirit. He had a demonic spirit, a demon in him. And it was causing him uh, really horrible, to have horrible thoughts in his mind. So uh, today, a doctor would say he has a mental illness and would prescribe him medicine. But you know that medicine does, does not deal with the root, just the temporary fix. Amen? So Saul had an evil spirit. And listen to what it says there. It says, let our Lord command his servants here to search for someone who can play the lyre, the harp. He will play when the evil spirit comes on you and you will feel better. So back in those days, they haven't adopted the, the, the lifestyle, the culture that we have today of, oh, you have a mental problem or you should get medicine. You should go to a doctor. No, back in those days, they said, find an anointed one who can cast the evil spirit out of you. So they find, they find David. And it says here, there is, this, there is this son of Jesse. He knows how to play the lyre. The Lord is with him. That's powerful. They say the Lord is with him. 
he is anointed. He doesn't just believe in God and worship God, but the Lord is with him. He's not just a Christian who worships God, but he's anointed. He carries the power of God. It wasn't everybody who was anointed in those times. So they brought David, and it says, verse 23, Whenever the Spirit from God came on Saul, David would take up his lyre and play. Then relief would come to Saul. He would feel better. The evil spirit would leave him. So David, full of anointing, played his lyre, his harp, and the anointing cast the spirit out of Saul. Saul wasn't just feeling, he, just, he wasn't distracted, having a nice noise in his ear to distract him from his mind. No, he was freed completely. The evil spirit was cast out. This is how God wants to work today. Not for you to remain with that issue and have it covered up by medicine and counseling, etc. But to free you completely, to cast that out completely, to cast the spirit out completely, to lift off the yoke completely, not help the yoke be not quite as heavy, but to completely break the yoke. The anointing breaks the yoke. This is God's will, and it's what he is doing today. This is why we have seen so many miracles lately. People watching, I feel free immediately. I feel the power of God all over me immediately. I felt my COVID symptoms leave completely, and I was free. I was free. My pain just immediately went away completely. Boom, boom, boom. It's the anointing. The anointing freeing people in a second. That's the power of God. Hallelujah. So we're speaking of anointing. What is anointing? Anointing is the power of God that God puts in a vessel because God chooses to use vessels. Always has, always will. It's just his way. He doesn't come down from heaven and do miracles. He chooses to come inside his people. Pour anointing on them. Send the ones in need to them. Direct their steps to them. And his anointing flows through the vessel. It's all God doing it. We are just the vessels. We obey. We speak. We touch, we release, but it's God doing it. It's God getting the prophetic revelation. This person needs to hear this word right now. It's God leading, touch this person right now. They need to be healed. It's God's power healing. It's not me doing it. I don't have supernatural powers. It's God. It's Jesus. Anointing is the power of God. The power of Jesus. Hallelujah. So anointing is the power of God whom God gives, carefully gives, 
doesn't give to everyone. We're talking about the power of God. You can be a Christian and have the Holy Spirit. But you may not have anointing. Why? Because remember in the beginning I shared with you there are principles in the spiritual realm. We have to do things God's way in his order. We can't be a lukewarm Christian and be like, God, give me anointing. And God just pours out serious power and you do whatever you want with it. That's dangerous because this anointing that he gives is true power. We are given authority on this earth, remember? Jesus returned the authority back to us when he rose from the dead. Amen? When God put Adam and Eve on this earth, he gave them authority. Take care of this earth, he says. Multiply. He gave them the keys. Jesus returned the keys back to us when they lost them, when the devil had them. So God gives us authority now. God honors that. The thing is, is that God is in control, but he gives us so much free will. He gives us so much free will. And so he's careful to give anointing. He wants to make sure whoever has it uses it properly. Anointing is only to be used for other people, to serve other people. To do exactly what God wants. To speak his word. To heal. To cast out demons. To raise the dead. To demonstrate his love. It's never for yourself. God will bless you on your own. You don't need to use the anointing for your own personal gain. It's completely for Jesus. This is the purpose of it. To break the yokes off of people's lives. So anointing is the power of God given to certain people for God's perfect plans and purposes so that yokes may be broken off of people's lives. That's what the anointing is. And the anointing is the pure power of God. The anointing does not need any help. It is not more powerful when I raise my voice. It is just as powerful as if I speak like this. It is just as powerful. That's why God could use the weak things. That's why God could use people who weren't proficient in speaking like Moses, who didn't have much of an ability. doesn't matter. Your ability, your gifts are not what's going to break the yokes off of people's lives. It's the anointing and the anointing only. You don't have to be an amazing speaker. You just need the anointing. Hallelujah. So, 
throughout the Old Testament, we see several examples of certain servants of God walking in anointing. Not everybody was walking in anointing. There were many people who were God's people, but they didn't walk in the power of God. They didn't carry anointing. We see Moses. We see Moses doing mighty signs, wonders, and miracles. We see him parting the Red Sea. We see him turning the water into blood. This was happening through him because he carried anointing. God chose him to carry this anointing. We see Elijah. Elijah did many signs, wonders, and miracles. Some of them are he caused the rain to cease, and then he caused it to rain. He parted the Jordan. He called fire down from heaven upon soldiers. He brought a widow's son back to life. He rose this boy from the dead. He was anointed. He carried the power of God to break the yoke. Then we see his spiritual son who who, who got anointed to receive impartation from Elijah, to receive anointing from Elijah. Because anointing is released through people. And anointing is passed to other people through people. Amen? This is God's way. So we see here with Elijah and Elisha, Elijah passes the anointing, his anointing, to Elisha. And Elisha then does the miracles that Elijah did and even way more. Elisha parted the Jordan as well. Elisha also resurrected a woman's boy. Elisha filled vessels with oil so that a woman could pay off her debts, breaking the yoke of poverty off of her life. Amen? Elisha healed a woman of infertility. She was able to have a baby after not being able to for many years. He broke the yoke of infertility off of her. Maybe it's just not God's will for me to have children. No, we need to think differently. There's a yoke that needs to be broken off of my life, and I know the anointing can break it. God gave me this dream for a reason. God gave me this longing to have a child for a reason. Delight in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. It's a good dream to desire children. There's many things the devil's spoken to you. Oh, maybe this isn't happening because I'm not supposed to have this. I'm not good enough to have this. No, 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 no. You need to know the simple truth that God wants complete freedom for you. God wants abundant life for you. He wants health for you. He wants good dreams that he's given you that are good. It's a beautiful thing to bring a child into the world and raise him to love God and be a vessel of him. Amen? Elisha's anointing was so powerful that when he died, he was buried. And the Bible says that when a different person died, they laid him. The the, the body came upon, rested, touched Elisha's bones. Elisha had been dead. It was just his bones remaining. And this person was laid laid on the bones And he was risen from the dead because he touched the bones. His bones still carried anointing on them. 
Wow! Specifically, Elisha's bones. Not anybody's bones. Elisha, the one who was anointed. His bones. So you see... And here it is, 2 Kings 13, 21. Once while some Israelites were burying a man, suddenly they saw a band of raiders. So they threw the man's body into Elisha's tomb. When the body touched Elisha's bones, the man came to life and stood on his feet. This really happened. This isn't a fairy tale. This really happened. The same God that we serve, the same God who lives in us, did that back then. And wants to do those kinds of amazing miracles today. But notice the anointing had a location. God chooses certain vessels to pour a mighty anointing on like Elisha. The power of God isn't everywhere. So we see it's, those are just a few examples of power of God anointing flowing through people, servants of God in the Old Testament. Now we move on to the New Testament and we see the same thing. We see now Jesus saying to the disciples, you're going to do the things I did in greater. I'm anointing you. I'm putting anointing in you. You've left everything. I've discipled you. You've served me for years. You're ready. I'm going to pour this anointing in you now to do my work, to set the captives free to break every kind of yoke, to heal any kind of sickness, to raise even people from the dead. Now go, Jesus said. That was his simple instruction. You have what you need. You have my anointing. Go. Do. And we see the disciples doing the same miracles Jesus did, healing every kind of sickness. Remember it says in the book of Acts, every kind of sickness Peter raised someone from the dead. It says in Acts 19.11, we even read about something that we didn't even read about Jesus doing, specifically. Acts 19.11, God kept releasing a flow of extraordinary, extraordinary, extraordinary miracles through the hands of Paul, Apostle Paul. Because of this, people took Paul's handkerchiefs and articles of clothing, even pieces of cloth that had touched his skin, laying them on the bodies of the sick, and diseases and demons left them, and they were healed. Anointing has location in the New Testament as well. They knew Paul carries anointing. So if I take his clothes, they carry anointing on them like Elisha's bones did. We'll see, we'll see the result of what we did with Elisha's bones. Something come to life. We're going to see people be healed of diseases just by touching the anointed clothing. And they were healed. They were absolutely healed. The anointing was that powerful. We see Peter healing people with his shadow. They said, they brought all of the sick on cots and mats just so Peter's shadow could touch them as they walked by. Peter specifically. Why? Because that's the location of the anointing. That's where God had chosen to put the anointing to break the yoke. 
Apostle Paul when he was blinded by Jesus because he was crucifying Christians when he was Saul at the time. He was blinded by Jesus. And then Jesus says, go into this town and my servant Ananias will open up your eyes. Isn't that interesting? That Jesus is so strict to his order and his principles that he, he didn't open up the eyes there. But he says, I have to go with my way. My anointing flows through my vessels. I've made my order. I've made my way. So I'm following my way. You have to follow my way, my order, my way of doing things. I'm going to open your eyes, but I'm going to do it through my vessel, Ananias. So he goes to Ananias, and Ananias indeed opens his eyes by the power of the anointing. Hallelujah. So there's a location of where the anointing is. We need to recognize where the anointing is. And receive it. Position ourselves there to receive it. Position ourselves there to receive the miracle. God wants the miracle that you need in your life. But you have to position yourself to receive it. You have to put pride aside and position yourself to receive it. We just have to do things God's way. God wants so much amazing things for you. So many amazing things he wants for you. But we have to do it his way or we'll miss out completely. So when you position yourself in the place where anointing is flowing, any kind of yoke in your life will be broken when you believe. It will be broken simply and immediately. God doesn't want you to suffer. That's a lie. He wants you to be free as soon as possible. I, there was a testimony I heard this week. Someone wrote to me. They've seen all the miracles that's happening. And they wrote to me, I'm booking a flight ASAP from Tennessee. I can't wait. Someone's running to where the anointing is, positioning, them, positioning themselves to receive. It's worth the cost. Hallelujah. Someone pray for me. Absolutely. Hallelujah. Can you come forward? Now, and he's going to heal you completely in Jesus' name. I release healing to you now in Jesus' name. I declare healing in your throat. No more acid coming in your throat. Be healed completely now. I release healing to your stomach now. I release this anointing to touch you now. The yoke is broken in your life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. I feel his presence like very um, deep and uh, peaceful and calm. Hallelujah. This is the anointing of God. This is the anointing of Jesus. And he's healed you today. You are free. You can keep receiving. He's still touching you and moving in you. So keep receiving. Just allow him to finish his work in you. Thank you, Father. This is what the power of the anointing. You don't, Jesus did not need to advertise himself. Jesus was a nobody. 
He didn't have an ad campaign, billboards, commercials. Nobody knew the power he had. But as soon as miracles started happening, as soon as the anointing was flowing in him, people were drawn. People came to receive healing. I praise God. This is, this is an example of how God wants church to be, that people would run to receive healing and that we would allow the Holy Spirit to lead. That if someone needs healing in the middle of the sermon, someone receives their healing in the middle of the sermon. This is what the anointing does. It draws. It re- There's so many people that have testified. I feel chills all over my body. It touches and lets you know this is God. Become so tangible and real. So when you come and position yourself to receive anointing, you receive healing, just as this beautiful woman just did. You receive healing. Your, your yoke is broken. But that's not all. That's step one. But number two, you are then equipped empowered, built up, strengthened as a disciple. The Bible says Ephesians 4:11 that he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers for the to the body of Christ for the purpose of edifying, building up the believers that they would be mature so that they wouldn't be deceived by the enemy's schemes, so that the devil wouldn't outsmart them but that the believers would know the deeper things in the spiritual realm of how to have victory over the enemy's schemes and how to be used yourself as a powerful anointed vessel of God. As you're being here equipped and empowered here, you aren't being equipped and empowered in the natural way, like, you know, a self-help book, let's say, a motivational speech but you're being equipped and empowered and built up by anointing coming to you. Anointing coming to you. The words carry anointing. It's spirit coming to you. The same anointing that breaks the yoke comes in you, deposits itself in you. God wants you to be full of anointing yourself. You just have to position yourself where the anointing is because anointing flows. It flows from vessel to vessel. That's how it works. So once you start positioning yourself here, your spirit begins to be fed. Your spirit. Now, the real you is a spirit. That's what goes to heaven with Jesus. Not your body, not your physical body, but your spirit. And the moodiness you have here does not go to heaven. (laughs) Amen. Because it's purely your spirit. Your spirit is seeing everything accurately. The goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, that there's nothing to worry about. Spirit, it's it's the spirit. So the real you that's here is the spirit. And then you have a soul, which is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. And then you live in a physical body. But the real you is a spirit. That's what Jesus made come alive when you give your life to him. Amen? But the thing is, is we need our spirit, spirit, or you can call it spirit man, 
We need our spirit to be fed. If we don't feed our spirit, we can say we believe in Jesus, but nothing changes in our lives. We still think the same way as the world. But Jesus wants you to become more like him, to think more like him, to talk more like him, to be more like him, to be more loving like him, to see people how he sees. And so in order for all that to happen, what, the only way that happens is your spirit or your spirit man has to come alive and overpower your soul, your emotions, so that your spirit is really leading things. So when you feel discouraged, the spirit is so strong to remind your soul, your feelings, but God is good. He is faithful. He's in control. He will not harm me. He is protecting me. He never leaves me. His plans for me are good to prosper me, not to harm me. Okay, the only way that can happen is when your spirit man is fed and built up. How is your spirit fed? By receiving anointing. Some of you here may feel like you're feel more alive. As you're listening to this word, you may be feeling more alive, feeling more peace, feeling more joy. What's happening is your spirit is being fed. Like that feeling of eating good food. Ah, oh, yes, I needed this. So it's like that for your spirit. I feel alive. I feel peace. I feel joy. I feel like I don't want to leave. I feel like I want to just keep listening to this. That's your spirit being fed anointing. Without anointing, people can be Christians. There can be preachers without anointing. But when they don't, when they don't carry anointing, they can be preaching about like self-help, how to succeed, for example. And what's happening is they're actually preaching, ministering to your soul, not to your spirit. And what happens then is you become self-centered. What can God do for me? When will God make my dream come true? I'm here at church. Okay, God needs to bless me now. Because your soul is being fed, not your spirit. Your feelings, your soulish, worldly feelings come more alive. And you become the center. And there's not change. You're not transforming more like Jesus. But when your spirit is being fed, your spirit man makes you to become more like Jesus. So automatically you feel more in love with Jesus. Automatically you feel more in awe of him. Automatically you feel, how can I serve you, Jesus? How can I serve you better? How can I please you, Lord? Instead of you being the center, Jesus has become the center. This is the power of anointing. We can't will ourselves to be great Christians. We need the anointing. We need to receive the anointing so that our spirits can be fed, come alive, be more like Jesus. 
And as the anointing comes more and more in you and you continue to position yourself where the anointing is, the anointing just pours more and more and more. As you serve the work of God, as you give to the work of God, as you show God that you value his precious anointing, as you show him you value it with everything, you tell others about it, you serve, you give, God then sees he can entrust you with more anointing. Not just the level that makes you think more like him and be more like him, but a higher level of anointing where now you're really carrying the power of God yourself. Now you're really carrying the power of God yourself to break the yokes off of people's lives. And that is God's will for you. Yes, there will be some that carry that extraordinary anointing because they're called to break the serious yokes. They're called to be the equippers of the other anointed ones. But every single one of you is called to carry the power of God and break yokes off of people's lives. The Bible says, now ye go and make disciples. Go and make disciples, he said, to his own disciples. So this anointing is not supposed to end with one person. But when people can position themselves, do things God's way, this anointing flows and flows even more like Elijah to Elisha. Elisha did even more miracles. That's how God wants it. And that's why this revival will be like none other before. Because other revivals have fizzled out after one anointed person dies. But this anointing, God, this revival, God is pouring out his anointing on his people that they would walk in anointing themselves. And we would look like the church that we see in the book of Acts from now until Jesus returns, getting more and more beautiful, getting more and more ready as the bride before he returns. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We see this flow of anointing from Paul to Timothy. Paul says, that is why I have sent you Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ. This is exactly what I teach. Philippians 2.22, but you know Timothy's proven worth that as a child with his father, he has served with me to advance the gospel. So we see how the anointing is passed, how God anoints his people, how God f- makes the anointing to flow to others. Timothy was under Paul. And it says that he did the work. Timothy is doing the work just as I am, meaning Timothy was carrying anointing. He received from the poor through Apostle Paul. Hallelujah. So this anointing is so precious, is so valuable, and will change the world forever. It will change the church forever. People will begin to run to where the anointing is to receive healing, healing of COVID, of any disease, of any disease of the mind, of any yoke in their lives. This is what is happening now. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, for your precious anointing, God. It is so precious 
It is so valuable. It is so beautiful, Father. Oh, we thank you, God, for touching your people so powerfully. We thank you for all the miracles you've done by your anointing. We give you all the glory, God. We thank you, Jesus, for showing who you are to the world, showing that you are truly the God of miracles that can do anything, Lord. How we thank you for this precious anointing that is releasing revival to this whole nation, beginning in L.A., spreading across the country, spreading across the world. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. And I declare, may, 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 may this woman here who felt compelled to come and receive healing, may she be a seed that's multiplied 100-fold, as is the word of the year. May people in this park across the city and across the city be compelled and moved to come and receive this anointing in their lives. May headlines break out of the mighty miracles you are doing in Los Angeles and in America. May it happen now in Jesus' name. May a fire arise in people, all of you here in all of this nation, a fire for Jesus, a fire for revival, a passion for him to move and be used by him in this move. I release this anointing right now to touch every single one of you where you are in Jesus' name. Receive this touch from God. Receive the power of God to touch you now. Thank you, Jesus. I declare every yoke upon your life must be broken now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I declare the spirit of depression to go now in Jesus' name. Get out. Every person here, every person watching, thank you, Father. I declare every sickness in every body here, it must go now in Jesus' name. Be healed completely. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I declare freedom to you, freedom in your mind, freedom in your body, freedom in your life, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. May this anointing increase in every single one of you now. May it grow in you now. May you begin to think more like Jesus now. May this anointing take over your mind. May it take over your actions and your decisions now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 